Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae is returning record amounts of money to Mississippians, whether it's through the College and Career Savings Program or the millions in unclaimed money awaiting your claim. Treasurer David McRae says get your application and claims today. Treasury.ms.gov. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making this place, coastal Mississippi, such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Uh, you know, I'm going to jump right into the show today. I had a few things I wanted to share, but 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 some of what I want to share, I want to share after I introduce our guest today. So let me just go right straight to Ron Barnes, the uh, CEO for Coast Electric, a longtime friend of mine. Uh, we worked in the community for a number of years. He's been on the show several times. We spent an entire hour once telling his entire story. But anyway, Ron, it's great to see you, my friend. Ricky, so good to be with you again, and happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yeah, good. Hey, I went out. We we I mentioned on the show the other day we didn't get a chance to do the uh, decorations. We usually have them ready for Thanksgiving, but my son Justin was down from New York City with his new girlfriend, and um, Ann's mother celebrated her 80th birthday, and we had a birthday celebration here for her. So we didn't get a chance to. We had too much going on, so we decided to wait until after Thanksgiving. And Ann is out literally as we speak doing some decorations in the house and we, you know, the festive feeling is coming to the Matthews house, but I love this time of year, man. I love, I love the reflection, the opportunity to spend time with family. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I spend some time in the Delta this time of year, but it's just, it's just a great time of the year, isn't it? It really is. I went home last night. Uh, we, we went up to Charlotte, North Carolina for Thanksgiving and we had all of our family there. Um, all my kids and my grandchild and, uh, we had just a wonderful time, so we we didn't do our tree when we normally do the day after Thanksgiving, but Angel and I got it up on Sunday, and I got home last night, and the house was so festive, and Angel was just, uh, she was beaming because she, she loves Christmas. I yeah, Christmas. Charlotte, North Carolina, incidentally, when I worked for, you know, I worked for Knight, uh, Knight Ritter, Sun Herald was part of the Knight Ritter family of newspapers, and I was involved in strategic planning for Knight Ritter. And uh, actually, uh, as toward the end of my career, I actually led the strategic planning efforts for Knight Ritter. But anyway, um, I spent a lot of time in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina along the way. They owned the Charlotte Observer. And uh, this was when the new stadium was being built downtown. And, and where the cafeteria for the Charlotte Observer was, it actually overlooked the stadium footprint. And we, you know, on my trips, I got to observe over time the stadium getting built, this transformative stadium for downtown Charlotte. But what a thriving metropolis that is. It is. It's a, it's a, well, I think they call it a, uh, still a small, big city. Yeah. Uh, but uh, my kids, uh, this is my oldest daughter and her husband, they just moved there. They finally uh, left California and came back to the South. And it's really a. It's very convenient because you can fly out of Gulfport, uh, and an hour and a half later you're there. So it's um, you know a hub for Americans. So um, great place, and we've really enjoyed visiting them up there. Yeah, a lot of people from coastal Mississippi, you know, connect to Charlotte these days, as you pointed yeah. out. So it's a, that's 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 definitely cool. And listen, uh, what what I wanted to what I wanted to say, and what I wanted you to come on to the show before I said it was that. 
you and I were chatting a little bit about leadership and uh, the Sun Hero Leadership Awards, and you reminded me that you were the first, I think, the first class of top 10 under 40, and then you ultimately were inducted into the Roland Weeks Hall of Fame, something I felt so strongly about creating because I wanted to honor Roland and his great leadership to the community. But, you know, one of the things that Coast has given me a chance to do, and over 800 conversations, Ron, since I started this three years ago, I mean, think about that for a second. But I'm able to sit here in ways that maybe I couldn't when I was publisher because I was moving so fast and had these wonderful conversations with people who were in so many different ways making an impact. But I think back at your career and why we recognize you as a top 10 under 40 and then ultimately you know, inducted into the Roland Weeks Hall of Fame is that you know, you cut your teeth being active in the community. I mean, that's how we knew each other. We didn't know each other any other way than our our paths were crossing in United Way and all these different organizations. And, uh, you know, then you would become chairman and I would become chairman. You know, we just pa- our, our, our paths crossed so many ways. But you and I, because of our involvement in the community, we got to see, and, and you certainly for sure got to see, um, what it takes to make a community like Coastal Mississippi tick, and man, we got we've we're just lucky here that we have so many people willing to give so much back to the community, aren't we? We really are. You know, I'm originally from Jackson, Mississippi. I went to school at Southern Miss, and then you know I found my way to the Gulf Coast. Um, you know, with a wife and two very young children in tow, and it just became home for us. Uh, we found the people so warm here, so inviting and welcoming. Um, you know, I, I could not imagine anywhere else I wanted to bring up my children. Um, all four children went all the way from kindergarten through 12th grade at uh, St. Martin um, School, the Jackson County School System. Um, and then the community just gave me an outlet to be able to, um, you know, I've always had a passion for, you know, giving. And so it gave me that ability to uh, to do that, but also just to meet a lot of really cool people through the years and it's actually how I ended up uh, getting to know Bob Oakey, who was the former CEO at Coast Electric, who I guess saw something in me and said, hey, come to work for me. And I guess, as they say, the rest is history. But, um, you know, I've just always found that giving back to the community is, is really, look, community is what, um, you know, makes someone have a, a rich and uh, fulfilled life is being able to live in a community where you feel good about, uh, you know, where you live. And so more than just taking, you know, I wanted to be a giver as well. You're so right about that. And I, I said it a lot of times on this show, but it, it's worthy of being, being repeated. This commitment to community, it, it has so many different dimensions to it. And w- the way I like to say it is that the, the more, and this would, be the, this would go to anyone who's currently active in the community or anyone who's thinking about being active in the community, that the more you get into the trenches, the more you find out what's happening on the ground, the more you have a better understanding of the needs in a community. And Absolutely. there's so many different needs. And I obviously talk about the thousand points of light all the time, but it's what it takes to make a community like ours uh, tick, to meet the needs of a community. But but it also, so there's the dimension of giving back and this notion, you know, we I talk to a lot of people who have servants' hearts who wants to help fill gaps in the community. But also by doing that, though, it helps you understand how your your company can be more engaged and how Absolutely. your company can make a difference. And 
it's a full circle of, of activity that can play out if leaders and, and companies do. And by the way, there's a theme of this show. There's been a theme of this show the last several weeks, and it's been about buying local. And I focus on that because you know this better than any. You did it in your leadership role at Coast Electric. You see it in the people that you work with. You see it in the commitment of the employees at Coast Electric and what you're doing there. But the reality is that small business is what makes our economy tick. We're lucky we've got the big players in the community. There's no question about that. But it's the small businesses that that are in each of the cities that make up coastal Mississippi. Those small businesses are what creates the sense of place for our place. Absolutely. And they're the ones who are, who are giving money back to the soccer teams and the softball teams. And they're the ones who are helping the homeless, like in the conversation I had with John Ray and, 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 um, and um, uh, Jamie Bates just in the last couple of days. But you but. But that is what makes this community so special, and we're lucky here that we have small businesses that are engaged. We can't, I can't say that enough how important it is to support the businesses that are located here in this community, can I? I mean, you, you really can't. Uh, you know, working, and you're right, when you get involved in these different, uh, you know, community organizations, you really learn about what's really going on at all levels of the community. You know, through my year uh, serving as the uh, president of the Coast Chamber, I saw those small businesses and the, the impact that they're making in, you know, in all the local communities throughout the Gulf Coast. You know, in, in my time serving on the United Way Board, I saw that the needs that were out there, um, you know, the, the food insecurity, and, um, you know, we, we have a very successful place here in, on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. But there are still people with needs. And so, you know, when you get involved in the community, you get in kind of like you said, into the trenches, you see things that maybe you don't see from that 30,000 foot view. Yeah. And one of the things that Jamie and John and I talked about the other day is that a lot of what we would like the homeless community, for example, is an area where it's can be out of sight, out of mind. Yes. And it's sad that it's that way, but it's but it, but it is true. Now, the good news is. There are so many people focused on not only meeting their needs, in other words, when there's a cold day, you know, and making sure that they have a cold place or at least have a, a blanket and a coat and maybe even a tent. But but there's also other organizations that are focused on helping them get out of that situation. And there's there is there's redemption all over coastal Mississippi with people being able to move out of that situation. There's so many different reasons that people get into that get into that place to begin with. But through your, you know, again, not to zero in too much on that issue in particular, but just an example of when you get in the trenches, what you observe about about what it takes to meet needs in a community. And we're lucky to be in a community like Coastal Mississippi that is, has a long history of resiliency, a long history of, of giving back to the community of people with servants aren't servant hearts. And, um, you know, Coastal Electric, and that's, again, that's how I got to know you. Now you're the leader of Coastal Electric, and you can you can live the mission of, you know, the, giving back to the community and the co connection between building a greater community and having employees be dedicated in that way. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with my friend Ron Barnes. Find out what the latest is at Coastal Electric. They continue to grow, and they've got their their uh, high-speed internet effort, uh, their fiber optic effort that's doing extremely well. We'll get to the latest on that and pl plenty other to talk about. We'll see you after this break. 
Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Ron Barnes, Ron Barnes, who's the president and CEO of uh, Coast Electric. And let's do this. For people who have not heard our conversation before, let's talk about the unique charter for Coast Electric and the role that you play as uh, it was actually multiple roles in Hancock, Harrison, and Pearl River counties. Yeah, well, thank you for that opportunity, Ricky. So electric co-ops were formed uh, back in the 1930s, Coastal Electric in 1937, to bring power to rural areas of Mississippi. There are 25 electric co-ops in the state. Uh, One of those is a uh, generating and transmitting cooperative that we buy power from. Uh, Coastal Electric serves basically 90% of the land area in Harrison, Hancock, and Pearl River counties. Um, We are pretty much a single purpose mission uh, up until 2019, and that was to provide uh, electric and electric uh, related services to the residents of South Mississippi that we serve in a certified territory. And that's when uh, the the, uh, Governor Bryant, former Governor Bryant, signed the Broadband Enabling Act, which allowed us, if we so chose, to go into the broadband business. Um, And, uh, you know, along came the pandemic, which really pushed our plans up. So we did end up entering that business in, uh, excuse me, in August of 2020. And it's amazing how good that has gone for you. I I mentioned in one of our past shows, when you look at uh, the amount of fiber that's being laid in places in uh, the Delta, Mississippi Delta, which would never, if had, before that act was signed, we'd have never been focused on providing fiber optic capabilities to communities that would have, would have never gotten it. I mean, there would have been no incentive, no capital incentive to you guys to be able to do that. But, you know, we're talking about it may be one of the single most important, you know, economic development issues Mississippi has ever been engaged in. Is that the way you see it? Absolutely the way we see it. And in fact, uh, statewide, the, co- the electric cooperatives have now connected over 100,000 uh, rural residents to the Internet. And that's something we're very, very proud of. At Coastal Electric, uh, we will end the year with about 12,000 connections, and that is in two years. So we're really, really proud of that. Uh, and, and again, this was a an absolutely total from-the-ground startup business because the Broadband Enabling Act required that we do this through a subsidiary and not through the electric cooperative. So, so how does it yeah, how does your effort rank with the other cooperatives across the state? I believe we're the second largest in terms of member served now. Uh, there's one in North Mississippi that got into the business about a year before us that um, has a couple thousand more than we do. But um, their CEO and I like to have a good friendly competition and he asked me every time I see him, you know, how, how close are we to catching them? And the <laughs> truth is we will be the biggest because we, we have the biggest area and the most uh, number of consumers to choose from. So, but it's yeah, really well, Ricky. Thank you for asking. Yeah, 90% of the landmass in uh, Hancock, Harrison, and Pearl River counties. That's that's very significant. And look, when you when the charter for your, your corporation was started, those were incredibly rural areas, and so certainly some areas of those are still very rural. But 
man, that, that, that density has crept northward. For example, I'm on the north shore of Biloxi Bay, and I'm a Coast Electric customer. Um, who would have ever thought back in those days that that kind of growth would occur north? Yeah, I will tell you this. Once you ride our service territory, there's still a lot of rural area, but there's a lot less than there used to be. Um, I was vi visiting with someone this morning before we came on, and we were talking about Highway 67 and just the growth all the way up north of Tradition now. And we serve all that area. Um, the incredible influx of uh, people that are coming into Pearl River and Hancock County from Louisiana. Um, so, you know, this is a very desirable place to live. But to me, the one thing that was missing above everything else was the ability to work uh, do medical, do education, whatever you want from your home, like someone that lived in a more urban area did. So ultimately, this is a huge capital investment project. It's going to take a long time to pay for, but we saw it as a benefit. And actually, we're already seeing the economic development benefits of people moving into our area that probably wouldn't have because so many people are still working from home. Yeah, I mean, whoo, the pandemic put that, that was already a trend, but it put that trend on steroids, the whole notion well, of Yeah, you find work. out when you have a, Ricky, when you have a power outage or an internet outage, you find out how many people are working from home because they'll tell you real quickly. Ooh, I, I, of course. I mean, think about it. I mean, what a, what a great <laughs> indicator, uh, probably a loud indicator, actually. Uh, but, you know, listen, here's the thing. Coast, it, what it did, and we've talked about it on the show many times, it opened up an opportunity for coastal Mississippi, one of the most affordable, if not the most affordable, yes. coastal communities in America, and the opportunity for people now to live wherever they want to live. And yes. now, you know, and they could work for Amazon up in Seattle or California or wherever, and live here in coastal Mississippi. Uh, that remote work piece is a it's part of this new economy push is incredibly important. And then you think about the growth that's happening. You know the mixed use and and the the further development of the sense of place that is that exists in each of the communities that make up coastal Mississippi. I had Dr. Ben Burnett on yesterday from William Carey University talking about the growth in coastal Mississippi of William Carey. Over a thousand students now and continuing to grow year over year growth. The pharmacy school is booming. They've got a you know medical school. I mean it's it's. It, you know what? It takes time. It takes time for this evolution to happen. But you go back and look at what has happened since Hurricane Katrina, This just in the time since Hurricane Katrina hit in 2005. The coast is on fire, buddy. It is. It's very exciting. Like I said, we've, we've had more growth in my five and a half years than we had the previous 10 years. Um, and, and I say my five and a half years as CEO, it has been a an absolute all-out um, you know, and I think a lot of it was the pandemic. Um, it's also the fact that people have internet options they didn't have before. Um, I think that people are discovering that, as you said, this is really an unkept secret. One of the best places to live in America and one of the lowest cost of living as well. Well, you and I have talked about in the past about the multi-million dollar uh, meter upgrade project that you, you yes. guys are involved in. How's that going? What's the latest there? Well, the great news is we that was a $15 million project that we finished. Um, we did that, and I'm very, very proud that we did that with all of our own employees. I mean, a lot of people do those kind of projects. They hire out a, a third party. So when we talk about local, you know, we had local people. All of our employees live in our local area, either served by Singing River, Coast Electric, or Mississippi Power, um, or Pearl River Valley. 
Um, But uh, we finished that project back in May, and we're very proud of that because, you know, changes are coming. Uh, You know, we we now have a lot more solar. We now have uh, electric vehicles coming. And we needed that uh, the infrastructure upgrade to be able to accommodate what's coming in the future. And look, we understand that solar and, and electric vehicles, they'll probably be slower here than they will in some other areas to catch on. But, but the truth is it's coming. So I would rather be prepared for that now so that when people do want to make that change, we're ready for them. You know, one of the interesting things about the charter of your corporation is that you don't have traditional shareholders. The shareholders are your customers. Explain that how that works. And then also talk about, I've, I've looked at some of your, your um, um, customer indexing and what, they, what their satisfaction ratings are for, for Coastal Electric, and they're very high. But talk about that unique relationship. Yeah, so Coastal Electric actually has members. So every person that takes power from us, whether you have 1,000 accounts or one account, you have one vote Uh, for your cooperative. We have an annual meeting every year that people get to vote on their board of directors. They get to hear about updates from from the corporation. And I think the fact that we're very transparent and that we do such a good job at, you know, really caring about our members, because after all, they are the owners of the business, it has resulted in some really high satisfaction scores. In fact, uh, this past year, we received an 89 out of the ACSI, which is done by the University of Michigan. Um, the average for um, electric companies across the nation is probably in the 73, 74 range. Uh, that also uh, was a 91 on the member loyalty index, which is really how loyal people are to your to your organization. Uh, we do that because we have first class and first rate employees. We have an outstanding board of directors. Uh, we have a very um, reliable system. But we also listen to our members because they're the owners and things that they say that they want to need are what we try to accommodate. You know, think about these improvements. You and I talked in the past about a $30 million electrical improvement process. I'm curious, and then of course you look at these satisfaction ratings. When I first, when Ann and I first moved here, we used to live in the house next door. And then um, I think about the time I went to New Orleans, we started the, this house, which is the next door to the house we used to own. Um, been on Coast Electric the whole time. You know, we'd have a power surge from time to time. You know, it was, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a major problem, but we, you know, power would go, bleak or go off or whatever. If I think back now, I don't think we experience that too often anymore. Um, it maybe has something to do with these improvements that you're making. But we're coming to the end of this segment, so when we get on the other side, let's we'll talk to Ron about improvements that that Coast Electric has been making in their overall system to make it more reliable. Technology's changed dramatically that enables them to do some things they couldn't do before. We'll see you after this break. Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. 
103.1. Welcome back to Coastal. I'm uh, visiting with my friend, Ron Barnes, the president and CEO of Coastal Electric. And uh, he's been on the show many times, but it's always a joy to spend time with him because, you know, I'll look back at our time in the community together, Ron, and it's just pleasant. I mean, every encounter, we were, when we were working together, there was something important to the community that we were working on together, but that we always work together well in the community. You know, just I enjoyed our association, and we won't tell people how far back that goes because that goes back a long way, doesn't it? It's getting a long way back, but let me say this, uh, and I think people that work with you know this. You were a pleasure to work with, so that that wasn't much of a challenge to work work pleasantly with you, Ricky. Well, thank you, man. I I really do appreciate that. Hey, listen, uh, we were talking about my personal experience with Coast Electric. You know, if if somebody were to hit a power pole near my house, and let's say it would knock us out, it would knock us out for a while. Eventually, y'all would physically, manually reroute and do what you needed to do while the pole's getting fixed and whatever. But grid modernization and some of the technology you guys are deploying today makes that happen automatically. Now, talk to me more about that. Yeah, so it's one of the things I'm proudest of is that we've we've invested um, or in the middle of investing $30 million. And this is all just in the Harrison County area. Now, we're investing in, in you know other parts of our system as well. But to increase our capacity on our lines, we're also putting in devices throughout our system that do exactly what you're talking about. And the, and the best way I can say it in layman's terms, let's say a car hits a pole and before where the power would be out for that entire substation for until we could go and change the pole out or until we could get people in various locations to be able to switch them manually switch the power around to other substations, we now have devices that do that automatically, and they do it in real time. So now, and we get a report on this every month, but now instead of a, let's say a substation outage that caused 3,500 people to be without power for, let's say, an hour, now it may be only 20, 25 that are right around the location of that, that, uh, you know, we were unable to, you know, uh, automatically switch because of the, um, you know, the incident. So that has caused our reliability to be so much better. But I would say on top of that, Ricky, we spend a tremendous amount of money in maintenance, um, whether it be tree trimming. Um, you know, we do live in a subtropical climate here, which we love. Um, that's why we can still play golf in, in December and January. But it also means that stuff grows really well. So we spend a lot of money on that. We spend a lot of money just making sure that, um, you know, we're using the latest technologies. Um, you know, we, we do, it's it's our members' money. We always want to be uh, mindful of, you know, not allowing the rates to go up. But what we found through our surveys um, is that the most important thing to people is reliability. You know, we live in a, an age now where people want it always on all the time. It, unfortunately, yes. because of the nature of electric systems, they can't always be on. But I think our, our own... Uh, reliability rate this last year was 99.98%. So you're getting into, you know, three, four decimals now. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I talked about miracles the other day, miracles, that there are so many miracles around us that it all, that it becomes ordinary, you know, that, that, yes. that miracles become ordinary. And it's about taking things for granted. And, you know, technology is, there are a lot of miracles that happen with technology. And, 
we just take it for granted, don't we? And something like power. I mean, of course, when something like Katrina happens, we all get reminded. Or Zeta. Zeta was a major punch to you guys. Zeta was a big storm. It was. (laughs) So, you know, when something like that happens and you don't have power, you're reminded of the miracle of power. I remember a conversation with Anthony DePazzi, God rest his soul, the former president of Mississippi Power, who we worked so closely with after Hurricane Katrina. But I remember... It was, we were talking about under, you know, putting underground, you know, wires in instead of overhead, and and all these new technologies that you could deploy and whatever. But there's, you know, you and you made the comment during the break too about that sort of lean toward this, and that is that you can invest in as much infrastructure as you want to invest. I mean, you could you could invest a billion dollars if you wanted to to make the system more reliable. But the reality is, you have to find that fine line between. When is the system you have adequate and are the te- the technologies for recovery adequate so that you can keep the cost down? So, there, yes. man, it is, it's a lot of science. I know I'm sure there's a lot of math involved in it, but there's a fine line between spending too much and spending just the right amount in terms of keeping the cost down for customers. That That's that's a, a delicate balancing act, isn't it? It, it is. And, and, Ricky, the way we look at it is a triangle. So you've got three equal points to the triangle. You have reliability, you have the cost or the value, and you have the service. So we try to balance those three so that we've got great reliability, excellent customer service with friendly local people, but also that, you know, it's done at a cost that people can afford. And look, we understand that, you know, for some people, their electric bill is a big portion of their monthly, you know, payment. So we're always very mindful of trying to balance those three things. But I will tell you that um, more and more in today's society, the most important of all of those is the reliability piece. So that's why we're investing these dollars to make sure that, you know, we're doing everything we can to keep prices affordable, to give the best service possible, but to be as reliable as we possibly can. You know, you hate it. You hate it. You hate it when when a family has to make a decision about whether they're going to pay their power bill or whether they pay their grocery bill. But when you have the inflationary pressures that every family faces, some families are are, are having to make those kind of decisions. That's why I think, you know, when you develop Operation Roundup, and you can remind people what that's all about. Mm-hmm. But when you develop Operation Roundup, and you saw this as an opportunity to cr- create potential relief. Did you ever imagine that it would that it would blossom to over a million dollars and and be able to be used in the way you're able to use it during these tough times for people? You know, it's it blows my mind. We we started out the the big push for Operation Roundup. We had something called Share Your Blessings before that, uh, where people would voluntarily you know give money, and we would have about you know twenty twenty thousand dollars a year that we would give back to um, help folks that needed help with their power bill. Um, to be able to, in the last four years, have given a million dollars just to community grants through the Gulf Coast Community Foundation. And then on top of that, all the money that uh, our members have provided to give to their feather, fellow man to be able to help them with uh, their, their power bill needs, that really became clear during the pandemic because all of a sudden we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if people were going to lose their jobs, which many did. You know, many businesses shut down. So we moved all of our resources during that uh, that time frame into helping people with the share your blessings piece, which is the energy assistance. And I got to tell you, it's you know 
to be able to help someone keep their lights on, you know, I think sometimes people think that power companies enjoy turning people's lights off and they don't pay their bill. It is the worst thing that we do. And for so many reasons, on a human level, but also on a business level, it's just not the right thing to do. Um, so to be able to help people, you know, with, um, and by the way, our, our Share Your Blessings um, comes through the Roundup. It's uh, administered by the United Way, which, you know, I'm a strong believer in the United Way of South Mississippi. And then it goes through Catholic Social Services. Uh, you don't have to be a Catholic. We like to tell people you can be any don't have to be a faith. You can be any faith. They're going to help you. Uh, but those organizations are so critical to our success, um, along with the Gulf Coast Community Foundation. And it's just been such a huge success. But to answer your question, no, I could have never imagined in four years we would have given a million dollars to community organizations. And it's from everything you can imagine, from pets to uh, a lot of food aid, um, AEDs for, for fire departments. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It's just amazing. Well, what's so the concept seems so basic. It is. I'm surprised you didn't get rolled out a bunch of years ago, but sometimes the most right. obvious things you just don't see them. But explain people when we talk about Operation Roundup, tell, tell for people who are not Coast Electric customers, what, what, what is that? So our, our members, um, about 90% of our membership is currently rounding their electric bill up to the next equal dollar. That's going to average out to less than $6 a year that they're doing. But when you, when you use scale, now that uh, $6 a year per member, uh, over 90,000 accounts is, is, you know, turning in what we've been able to do, which is, again, over a million dollars to uh, in the last four years to community organizations. Um, we're very, very proud of that. But it's all our members. And I want to be real clear. It's not Coast Electric corporately. It is the members of Coast Electric that are doing that for their community. And the fact that we have 90 percent of our members that are rounding up their bills, I think, is just a, something very, very special. And I love the accountabilities that you built into it by, by providing the funds to 5013C organizations That's that are established in coastal Mississippi. It, uh, it creates a kind of oversight that you, you've learned over many, many years of working in the community you got to have in order to make sure the money's going to be well spent and not, not wasted in some way or another. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with the president and CEO of Coast Electric, Ron Barnes, and we'll talk about the holidays. What's, what's the holidays like for Ron and his team? We'll see you after this. Live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. Open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I am uh, enjoying my visit with my old friend Ron Barnes, the president and CEO of Coast Electric. And man, does it takes it takes so many leaders to make a community like ours tick. And I love talking to community leaders who I used to work with in the trenches for 
my God, 30 years. I don't know how long we worked in the trenches together, but it was a long time. That's about you learn that. a lot about your fellow man when you do that. And, yeah. man, what I learned about coastal Mississippi is is what makes us re- resilient is we have so many selfless people who are re- ready to burn to midnight oil for the community, and they don't expect anything in return. They're just out there doing it. And they don't want recognition. They don't, they just want to make a difference. And good, good people. you know your 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 company is full of people like that, Ron. I mean, you got that's got to make you proud to see how your employees are engaged in so many different ways. You know, it really does. I, I always like to tell, especially our leadership, is boy, hire, when you do hiring, hire hire high character people. And boy, it really makes a difference. So we have every kind of imaginable football, baseball coaches. Uh, we have scout leaders. Um, we have people that work in the United Way. We have people that work with uh, South Mississippi Humane Society. We have people that work with food banks. Um, our, we just have a very giving people, and it's because they're local people, and you know they this is their home, and they love it here. Um, I'm very proud of the fact that we're able to give them some time to be able to do that. But they do it most of it on their own time. Yeah, they, they, they really do. Hey, listen, I want to get to the holidays, but before we do that, I want to just circle back on one point, and that is the last time you and I talked, you had about 88,000 meters. Where do you stand today? Yeah, we're pushing right at 90,000 now. Um, the growth has just really been outstanding in the last, really, seven years. Um, it's about as much as I think sometimes my employees wish it would slow down a little bit uh, from where I sit as the CEO, you know, the more the merrier, you know, we want to serve everybody that we can. Um, it's been good for the Gulf Coast. And that's what I'm yeah. most proud of. I mean, that's to me is what we exist to do is to serve our community. Um, What's cool about where you sit, though, people like you and Anthony Wilson are in a good, good position to really understand how much of the growth is business growth? How much of it is residential growth? I mean, it really does give you sort of a, a, a micro insight into the economic well-being of the community, doesn't it? It really does. Uh, in fact, I, I talk to people all the time. Well, usually when I'm on the business council uh, calls, but we, you know, I always like to say, you know, if we're getting housing starts, in other words, people are applying for electric service or uh, they're applying to build new subdivision developments. That's usually a pretty good economic indicator because there's a lot of economic uh, activity that comes after uh, someone signs up for electricity. So, uh, yeah, it gives us kind of a a unique early insight into how things are going. Um, And it is still, look, we're still growing, even with the mortgage rates as high as they are now. We still got growth. I think I think there's really still a shortage of uh, housing stock on the Mississippi Gulf Coast because we're not really seeing it slow down that much. Yeah, I definitely see that. And you're seeing, again, the kind of innovation that's occurring across coastal Mississippi with mixed use and other things yes. happening downtown. You know, you you get to save grace over communities like Bay St. Louis and Diamond Head, which is doing so well. You know, Waveland's having a little bit of a resurgence. And, it is. Um, you know, you always had a lot of Louisiana people coming over to Hancock County, but I think the pandemic might have put that on a bit of steroids. And as you know, the price of land in Hancock County these days is some of the highest in the state of Mississippi, you know, and up there with places like Ocean Springs, which is incredibly yep. dramatic. Um, but it's good to see. I mean, it's good to see. In some ways, you know, I have a theory about that, and that is that companies that were making multiple capital investments 
prior to the pandemic, they, they suddenly froze those investments, took a, kind of a backseat, did some more analyticals around what, where they're going to place their bets. And but they might have decided not to place some bets in some other communities, but they decided to place their bets in coastal Mississippi. And that might comes in onesies and twosies. We're not going to see these big industrial relocations or expansions that, that you would normally see. But it's great to see that we're very much in play and that all of the attributes of this great place now are becoming sort of the winning formula to our future success. And you, and you see it clearly, don't you? I do. Absolutely. You know, we want to have this infrastructure ready so that when we do have, and I really do believe, I think it's not that far away where we do have people looking and saying, hang on, th this really is a place where we ought to be investing a lot more. We want to make sure yeah. we're ready for that. There's no doubt. Hey, listen, okay, so let's switch gears in the final few minutes that we have left. You've got families sc scattered all over the United States. So what does, what does holidays look like for the Barnes family? All right, so my wife, let me talk about Angel. She loves Christmas. All my kids love Christmas. So uh, we were lucky this year. We got to decorate my oldest daughter, Amy, and her husband, Tim's home. They live in Charlotte. Um, so we got to decorate their home and mine. Um, got a picture yesterday from my daughter that lives in Brooklyn. She has a tree up. It's a little smaller, but space is a little more uh, at a premium in, in Brooklyn, New York. Um I have a daughter uh, and, and her husband that live in Rayford, North Carolina. Um, he is in Special Forces with the Army, so we're very, very proud of him. He's now trilingual. He speaks now Spanish, English, and Korean. Wow. Uh, yeah, so uh, what, what about that for a, uh, you know, a trio? Um, so we're very proud of them. And then my son is finishing up college in uh, Orlando. He's going to be a computer engineer. And then um, trying to convince him to come back and work right here in the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Well, I have, you know, I have three kids, too. One's a lawyer here. One's a teacher here. They all, all, both have multiple degrees. And then my youngest, he went to Auburn. And he's up in New York City. He lives in the West Village. So I know what that feels like. Yes. He loves it there, man. I don't, yeah. think, I don't, I don't think he's going to come home. I think he's a big city boy for maybe the rest of his life. We'll see. But uh, it's great to see your kids succeeding. It and really God is. bless you and your family, my friend. Hey, thank you. God bless you all. Thank you for this opportunity. And you know, God bless the Gulf Coast. You bet. This has been Ron Barnes from Coastal Electric. What a wonderful, what a wonderful conversation to have this time of year. Ron is really in touch with the community. Have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.